<laughs> what is up, everybody? Sup, sup. Mental Health Monday. Uh, we got ourselves a guest here today. We got a buddy easy with us today, Eric. What's whatever, up, guys? whatever you want to call him. <laughs> He's going to talk to us about a little health and wellness today. Uh, I know you've dropped a lot of good advice my way uh, in the short amount of time we've known each other. It's all intentional, but but yeah, I, it's, I don't know exactly where to begin because there's so much that you can talk about it. So it's interesting. We'll just kind of let the topic unfold. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I've seen a few episodes. So any place that you guys want to start in particular or, and I'm also, what's up, Chef? What's up, bro? Chilling. You know, it's been a Monday. Yeah. But uh, feeling pretty good. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> my Monday my Monday's <coughs> been all right. <coughs> had some crazy work news going down that had everybody uh hype all day. Uh, I got out of there, but I was more concerned about a vacation I got coming up and stuff like that. It's like, yo, I better be able to take this vacation because it's like less than 12 days that I got it scheduled out. So Yeah. Nice. But nah, I sat back and been looking at the musics and shit like that, bro. For Johnny Cast, I got a lot of shit lined up. Uh when you break it down. So I was like, yo, that's a lot. That's cool. About three three things about to drop, I guess, in, in the next, by the end of the year, I guess. When I've heard a few of those things, I think, that you're oh, talking yeah. about. And so I know at least a couple of them are bangers, at least what I've heard so far. <laughs> so I'll be excited for that, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was looking at uh, the next mixtape I was going to do and realized all but one song I've already released. So I was like, oh, well, shit, you know, on here and shit, you know, on some of them was on the Chase and Shep one. Some of them I just threw out and all this shit over time because it's been three years I've been doing it. Yeah. And it's like, well, damn, I might as well finish that last song and put the whole thing out as one. <laughs> you know, like I better, you know, late than never. <laughs> I need to I need to take down the song I put up this morning because I'm not happy with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was more like I'd been up since three o'clock in the morning and worked on it for four hours. I'm like, yeah, this is good. And then I put it out and then I went back with it. <laughs> I went back and was listening to it. I'm like, this this ain't finished. <laughs> this ain't finished at all. Ain't finished is different than not good, though. It's right. Totally, like, true, 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 true. It's on its way. Too. It's on its way. No, yeah. I mean, sometimes with music, that's, that's the key. That's the kicker that you got to do is you got to walk away and come back because you'd be listening to the same thing for a few hours. It, yeah. all, blends. it all blends together. And you're like, mm-hmm. It's I, great. I the, the total opposite uh, of that with that Texas Chainsaw uh, song. Uh yeah. But yeah, I, that was one that like the longer I sat there and I, I was working on it before he came and picked me up yesterday. I was getting so frustrated because I was like, I just can't figure out like what this is supposed to sound like. And then by the time I played it for you, by the time I came back home yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> this is this is good. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely helps to take a step back. We talked about our old Mental Health Monday before. Sometimes that works too. Sometimes you come back to something that you thought sounded nasty and it's like, okay, I didn't notice what sounded nasty this taught, you know, this go through. So maybe I was just listening too deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just it shows the two sides of having to step back sometimes. Because sometimes you think something's just the best and it's not. And you need to, you know, take, take a step back. We were talking on perspective a little bit earlier. Yeah, you're actually a perfect segue because I was thinking it. Um, we had just talked about this. Uh, several, 
I've done a lot of things in mental health and a friend of mine who is a nutritional therapist, it's a, her job is to essentially try and find the link between what we put into our bodies and what effect it has like on your brain. Uh, I was just talking to her not too recently because she's one of the few people I've met in a professional environment who advocates for play super regularly. She's like, starting with the premise, you know, we're apes or ape-like, like play has been a thing that's helped us develop thought and like creativity and if we don't engage in that we're like seriously cutting off basically half of uh, you know what the brain's kind of designed to do which is just mess around uh so that's you know why i was kind of hyping her up because that's part of that perspective thing you can't always be on the hustle whether that looks like the hustle or whether that hustle was art you can't always be like on you have to have a, a break from it in some sort of release and play well, perspective is a crazy thing to get into and think about. Yeah, we, it, whenever I've always talked about with perspective with people over the years, I've always brought up the fact that, like, you know, we all know how the world is because of our perception of the world. So you got to think if if you were born on top of a mountain and your family was secluded and that's all you was doing was seeing your mountain out in the middle of nowhere and wilderness and hunting every day and doing this and that. What's up, Corey? Um, If that's all you, if that's all you knew your entire life was that fishing, hunting, doing all that. And then somebody from the world came and found you. And then they asked what your perception of the plan is. You'd probably be like, this is a beautiful place and harmony and all this stuff because you don't know, you don't know the big world outside. Right. You know what I'm saying? So perception is always a crazy thing because if we start looking at perception on certain things, then like as society, in my opinion, like then you got to look at like the bad that we consider bad, Mm -hmm. but be able to say, but that person's perception of reality might be true to them. So does that make it wrong? Well, I think one of the interesting things about perspective is that it shifts, like there's several different scales to reality. Like you can look at things uh, super, super small, you know, molecular, you can look at also things on the scale of like the universe and any which way in between. And it's like perspective tends to, I mean, change the truth a little bit depending on like where and how you look at it. That was kind of all I wanted to point out. No, yeah, there's, well, there's just, uh, like, the scale is important, and I think a lot of people might miss the right scale for what they're trying to do. When people are like, "My life is meaningless and nothing matters," and because we're all just going to end up in some sort of cosmic goop, it's like that's correct from one scale, but from the scale at which like you're right. experiencing life, that's totally not true. Why would your own experience not matter? Um, it's like kind of taking shifting because you can literally look at anything from any perspective and kind of create an argument to not do something right, <laughs> or to do something foolish. True. Yeah. I, uh, coming off of, uh, my little Saul marathon, uh, <laughs> you know, there's honestly, uh, oddly enough, quite, quite a lot of mental health to dissect there, uh, in the Saul movies. Um, and specifically with, perspective because uh my big takeaway this time around watching these movies this time around uh, (laughs) um is is the fact that like this whole time jigsaw is constantly just like i've never killed anybody i despise murderers and they're like "Ah," about like three movies in i'm like 
I don't know, man. <laughs> that argument doesn't fly with me. It's like, okay, sure, you have not actually killed somebody. And in his head, his argument, like he truly believes he is doing good work. He truly believes that he is he is teaching people how to how to appreciate their lives more and stuff like that. And uh, you know, these other and it's interesting to see, you know, some of the people who go through it. You got the people who kind of fall into this cult that follow Jigsaw now. And then you have these other people whose lives were not changed. And they're just like, what the fuck was I supposed to learn from this? I cut my arm off, you know? And like, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I guess you just didn't get the lesson. And it's just like, <laughs> it, it, it is a, it's oddly a, a lesson on perspective for sure. Because uh, yeah, definitely by the end of that series, I'm like, homie, you can't tell me you don't feel like you killed maybe somebody in one of these traps he's like y'all do it to yourselves it's like they didn't they didn't put themselves in these traps but it's a, it's a, it's a good example on perspective is, i mean you know like we see it all the time in the superhero movies and whatnot uh you know a lot of the villains that you got they don't necessarily think what they're doing is bad they okay. think you okay. know like I, I would say someone like Poison Ivy. I don't. I don't feel like what she, you know, what she d- is doing, she would consider bad. And from a certain perspective, maybe not. From a plant's perspective, no, it's not bad. Eliminate the humans that are killing you, ain't bad. Yeah. But from our perspective, yeah, it's kind of fucked yeah. up, man. <laughs> so like, go ahead. Uh, like just yeah, generally the whole there's the idiom the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Like most people think they're doing kind of the right thing um, most of the time, and it's like even not just in their own lives, but in pop culture. Like take Magneto, and there's I've seen several X Men things where I'm like, it's making pretty reasonable. He's like, leave us alone, don't att- like we have our own separate thing, and people are like, nah, fam, we can't stop doing that. And he's like, all right, so then we've got beef. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> seems totally reasonable to me. Like he, he was just like, we're trying to do the whole. Not that Magneto doesn't step over the line a bunch, but like right there, at some point he was right. Like, good intention. He was just trying to take care of what he thought was like a persecuted, you know, the mutants who totally were, and the sewer dwellers. Like didn't always uh, get a sympathetic ear. Yeah, that's what's kind of interesting about pop culture especially like in the superhero like landscape these days and, and even like back in the day in comics and stuff you know people always want to paint the picture like here's good here's evil e- even within the superhero world and it's just not like that and, you know we've seen a lot of stuff lately like falcon and winter soldier and everything that's like operates in this morally gray area that's like exactly what we're talking on is you know the good guys are sometimes doing bad things because they think it's what's right or vice versa. The bad guys are doing good things because it's what they think is right, you know? Uh, and it's definitely interesting. I think it makes people think a little more on that. You know, the world's not so black and white all the time. Nah, it ain't. It ain't at all. I like that um, they were showing the the negative effects of the heroes, um, you know, as far as, like, you know, we knew Captain America was this baller and here's all these people that have taken after him. So we're going to experiment on him and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because I think a big thing that a lot of people don't understand is just like we're saying uh, with being positive and shit, you know, there is to me such a thing as it going into like sort of a toxic territory yeah. towards people, uh, especially when I, I don't know, man, like I, I, I don't like to gloat and stuff on the social media and stuff. I feel like, you know, 
it, it can play a role if you put all your greatest moments in life up on there and people aren't having those moments and are down. I think it, it you know, it keeps that cycle going for other people, but you know, I don't know, man, it's a line. I think there's a line, but I hear what you're saying. Too much positivity can be a bad thing. You know, it's too much of a good thing, you know, sort of deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying like, even like, even like what we were saying, like, even if you're living a, trying to live a really good life with good intentions and doing what you think is right. And maybe you are like, I feel like that the downside can still, you know, be there. Like, you know what I mean? Like you could be living a good life and never, you know, maybe, and I don't think people should be looking at other people's lives and judging their own off that. But I'm saying that's something that does indeed happen. Well, there's, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're kind of, I think, hitting around some interesting points. Um, <clears throat> I think you're, you mentioned toxic positivity and yeah. I think that's just when people are probably, you know, there's a, such a thing as like looking at the world positively, but there's also just the denial line straight up being like everything's okay when it's like you have evidence that it isn't like it's the it's the optimist versus realist yeah. situation and then yeah, yeah. You can be realistic and happy right um, <laughs> but i don't think you can i think a lot of times people want to think of mental health positively a lot of this stuff as just like a, a switch you hit and you just kind of make things better but it's a lot of actually sustained work it's figuring out what's important to you and then like actually applying yourself in that direction. And there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> interesting books on this subject. There's one called Thrive um, by Daniel Pink, I believe. And the big kind of thing that he hits on is most people aren't super thrilled because they're doing stuff that they don't like and find meaning in. And then we're being managed in a way that's like management. The whole concept is like literally harkens from like essentially slavery to feudalism. Like, it's this idea that people don't want to do anything, so they must be coerced and managed. Right. And it's like, that's a wrong. People want yeah. to do things, generally. It's just they don't want to do things that suck. They don't want to do things that are a waste of their time or useless. And it's really hard to disengage from that, find something you like, and then, like, go towards it because it's, you know, there's so many things in place that make kind of a paychecks a really hard addiction to kids. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like that we're going to, we're seeing that right now, like that thought process at a national level with, uh, everybody out of work with the unemployment. And then you have the whole group of people that are like, they're lazy. They just don't want to work. They're just taking advantage of the system type thing. <clears throat> That's the thing that I've, I've been talking with people the last couple of days about, because it's like, uh, the way I look at it, <clears throat> and I'm somebody that's worked this whole time through, throughout the whole pandemic, you know what I'm saying? My job did not shut down. Uh, I feel like I was fortunate enough to do so, but I was like, man, you know, my whole life growing up, they teach you, you know, uh, as a kid, they're like, you know, you, you get a good education, you go to college, you get a degree, you'll get a good job, you'll have a good life, you'll get a house, you'll get married, you'll be able to go on vacations once a year, this and that. And that was never a reality for all of us. You know, you grew up, you you did that. You did exactly how they said uh, they, you, you played the game and then you got out of college and there wasn't really any job because, you know, we've improved technology and all this stuff throughout the years and other jobs have went away. So all those people that once had careers, well, they've flooded off into these other ones while all these people are at school, you get done. Well, it's already taken up. And, and, and then, you know, like, I just lost my train of thought. I've been doing this. Lately. Well, actually, everything you're saying, I actually read a really great article on this either this morning or last night. 
uh, that was basically, you know, everybody's thing right now is like they, they assume it's the unemployment benefits. And so people are trying to get that shut down. It's like, oh, well, people don't want to come back to work because they're getting paid so much in unemployment benefits and blah, 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 blah. But this article was breaking it down. And it's like, is that really why people aren't coming back to work? And no, it, like, and it really got into it about like the a lot of the people are aren't taking advantage of that. I mean, a lot of people would want to be working, but there are also situations where you've got people who have kids who aren't in school anymore. Like they're still doing remote learning and stuff like that. Okay, well, who's going to watch these kids if I have to go get a job there? You know, uh, or you've got people like you know myself who have been trying to make the most of this situation, trying to. Uh, like you say, you don't want to be doing a job you don't want to be doing. Like it, it makes you miserable. Like, and yeah. I know. Well, yeah. and that no, that that ties into the point I was I was getting at. It, it it came back in, and that was that uh for once in everybody's lifetime, this situation popped up where they didn't have to worry about the, there was an exit. You know what I'm saying? There was an opportunity to be able to live a life that you wanted to live with the cushion of going, okay, well, I know there's going to be money coming in. I know I'm going to be able to pay bills. I know I'm going to be able to have food to eat and I'm going to be able, you know, good until this certain day and all this stuff. So I can go out here and, and just like you were saying, I can try something new. I can do all this because a lot of like, you know, uh, especially like in the arts and in celebrities and stuff, you know, you, you break it down, you find a lot of these people have really rich parents. So th this is that cushion that they've had their whole life that right. they could they could go out and they could try something and they could be bold and try a dream. And if they fail at it, they have a cushion to fall back with some money to get them by until they find something that that's their thing. And it would probably be within the field that their parents or, you know, however they did it. And I feel like that's why, you know, all these play and, and there's, and to me, there's also a flip side to this, because I also think that a lot of people that have been working these shitty jobs that have not closed down, uh, what what has ended up happening, we've all kept working. And now that places started opening back up that laid a bunch of people off and they're starting to open back up and rehire again. And these people that are still working are the ones that are going, well, fuck, I want to work there. I want to get a career job and get a better paying job and stuff. And they're getting these jobs. And then all these little fast food, gas station uh, Dollar General, all these jobs are losing all these people left and right and can't hire anybody because people are just going to getting better jobs. So, yeah. and I think it's a it's a bigger conversation to be had just on oh yeah the way things are set up in America and all that because in in a weird way like I've always seen like everything that's happening right now is like in a in a weird way a bunch of Americans are actually getting to live the American dream in a sense right now. It's like isn't this what it was it, it's supposed to be about? Shouldn't we be able to chase our, our dreams and, and shit like that shouldn't we be able to breathe and fucking be able to live you know what i mean uh like just to to rest easy knowing that we're taken care of and that we're not gonna have to break ourselves to uh maybe have enough food to, to feed our kids and stuff like that and like and for once people have that and it's like you can't blame them especially when you know especially a lot of those minimum wage jobs the way they treat people sometimes uh is like now, wait a minute, you can't be treating employees like that. But the moment an employee tries to step up for themselves and be like, no, I don't like that. They're like, well, great. You can fucking go find another job then. And it's like, well, shit, that ain't cool, you know? And I think people are just tired of it. Yeah. Uh, and that's definitely, but it's a, it's a much bigger conversation. It is. It's a battle between us and the corporations because I, I also have this hunch that uh, right now they're all figuring out how to work with minimal employees so that when 
the unemployment is up and and people are looking for jobs that they'll be like oh well we already got that figured out we don't need that many employees now well that you're touching on another point that uh a book uh by you all know harari he wrote sabians but this is one that he wrote after it it's supposed to be about where he thinks humanity is going and he talks about there's several options and one of them he talks about is we could literally be going to a future where our economics don't require human input. Um, so there's several things that can be kind of scary or interesting about that, meaning if there's a lot of really powerful people who just don't need us to like, make money and have things like picture a really strong centralized power with a lot of autonomous robots that can just start making moves, making things happen, just ship autonomously, approve sales autonomously. What do people do then? And he's like, human populations, no one's gonna know what to do with them. There's been a few <clears throat> kind of examples of what happens when people have like mass kind of, not necessarily unemployment, but like not a whole lot. One which he points to is a population in the world which is basically chosen to be like extremely exclusively like religious and kind of live in like pseudo poverty and he's like this might be considered the model citizen of the future if everything's cyberized uh, which is you know one of many kind of weird possibilities like with all those jobs gone what do you do with billions of people like andrew yang had the platform of like one of the first things to go he thought was going to be truck driving huge segment of the population like those people are going to need money they're going to need stuff to do they're going to probably want to live their lives like feed their families do fun stuff still and if all of that costs money uh but those jobs just poof gone yeah there's, there's a real gap there's a there's going to be a need that's unmet and i'm really hopeful that conversations like this are happening more globally because I think we now that we're communicating globally and we're starting to hopefully think more globally, I think we should be kind of aligning our goals so that way it's not just like we're getting people in America fed. It's like meeting the idea of Maslow's basement, you know, food, clothing, shelter, housing, like basic safety um, and security like met on what we can consider a global level and not necessarily to what would be considered Eurocentric European standards. Like not everything has to look the same or be the same, but just like you want shelter, you've got something appropriate for the climate. You want food, you've got something local. <laughs> Water, cool. Security, that's where things I know, that's where it gets kind of tough to me. But these are kind of the things that I think we need to be talking about moving forward. Uh, and hopefully in my eyes and mind that a situation like this, if people have more time, with the pandemic to kind of reflect on what they want to be doing, it would be building systems or making things like that kind of the norm, hopefully, because that's the stuff that I would argue most humans should derive meaning from, is stuff that kind of helps keep us going in a productive way. And, and rant. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was just reading today about the, um, the virus having some variants that are out now and whatnot and them saying that with a lot of people not uh not not taking their time getting vaccinated and stuff that it's gonna be a long 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 time now before we're done with this because all these variants are now starting to pop up and they're like man if more people would would hit that shot we'd be good it's like damn 
they, you know, every day it changes. Yeah. But this is, this might be one of the most political mental health Mondays we've ever had. <laughs> well, I was hopefully not getting too political, but we also kind of touched on, I think you're with the virus that kind of leads to fear of, you know, and we were talking about that yeah. a lot before mm-hmm. this, like at some level, I think it's important and helpful. I mean, the Stokes would talk about like Mamero Morte, like I totally butchered that, but like think about dying, like just accept that that's, I said earlier, almost a certain likelihood because I've seen altered carbon. I'm kind of hoping I get uploaded into the matrix, but you know, I, I'm like, there's a point zero 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 one percent chance that I'm a sibling. Yo, yo, yo. You know, otherwise I'm just assuming it makes sense to just like know that worst case scenario, everything you do, there's the possibility of death. You could just be hit by a bus in your own apartment because literally stuff like that does happen. Airplanes fall out of the sky. Like just dismiss the illusion of complete control because there's no such thing. Um, And it makes taking action a little bit easier because you're just like, huh? If everything, brushing my teeth is not quite as risky as taking the bus or deep sea scuba diving right. but there is a similar end risk and it's just not being here six seconds later and it's definitely that perspective thing again because he and i we were talking on this earlier and i even told him i said it's actually kind of funny that this hasn't crossed my mind watching all of these saw movies this week because <laughs> that's literally like the whole thing oh she <laughs> that's funny it's probably not likely that you'll get hit by a bus in your apartment, but uh, living as high up as you do. But an airplane, an airplane, you know, it could be, you know, a fucking rogue bird. You don't know. That's what he's trying to say. Yeah, it, it could be some fast and furious shit. You never know. Right? You never know when fucking uh, the ghost of Paul Walker is going to come <laughs> ramping a Lamborghini through your apartment. Now, I only brought up that vaccine stuff because... Um, when I was reading this, this was a Facebook post this, that they were saying all this on, and you get to see the flip. I mean, on that of people commenting on that, saying how they were actually saying stuff like, "I hope businesses start implementing passport, like you have to have pa- you know vaccines to go inside." I hope they tax people that choose not to get vaccinated. People were saying all kinds of stuff on there, and it's scary to see, uh, you know, uh, both sides of the coin. If you ask me, there. Uh, that that is like you know these people trying to crack down and it's almost like you know i'm not i'm not for telling people how to live their lives right. like that but you know i i don't i don't know man i i'm i'm not in that position to make those decisions and i'm glad i ain't oh yeah i mean it's tough i told him earlier you know like like the mask thing it's like you know, people are upset. It's like the people that are upset about it, you know, it is what it is. But like, I can understand more not wanting to put something in your body and taking it back. Like, okay, sure. I can understand that over the, just put a fucking mask on, but I don't know how I feel about the whole, uh, let's, you know, you're not going to be allowed into the grocery store if you're not vaccinated. Like that sounds like kind of, you know, that gets into a conversation of freedom, you know, that I'm kind of like, eh. <laughs> sounds post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Like, this is how you create like a subclass of people, which has historically never worked really well for any people who has <laughs> been the subclass. Like, <laughs> right. <go> well. um, <laughs> but I was saying before that, you know, definitely when we were having this conversation earlier about this, like, you know, like you, anything could happen. You could die at any moment sort of thing. And, uh, 
kind of like I mean, you sold me on the vaccine, you know, the other day. With, with you, it was, a, it was a hell of a speech. I was like, all right, I bet I'll go get it. You know, it's like if it kills me, it kills me. But it is definitely like that idea of like we could die at any moment from anything happening is one of those things that sometimes completely incapacitates people like with anxiety and stuff like that. That's something that, but for somebody like me having that conversation earlier, kind of opened my eyes and I feel like that's going to be more of a cure for anxiety where it's like, you know, if I'm just like, I could literally die doing the dumbest shit. It is an acceptance thing. It is like, all right, whatever. I guess I'll just deal with it. I guess I'll get over that. And it is what it is. If I die tripping over my shoelaces, you know, on a walk and I, million dollar baby to myself on something you know like on the corner it happens you know but uh i think i don't know i feel like that alleviates fear for me whereas it creates fear for some people because then they're so worried about dying all the time they're like that scene in final destination where they just tape up the room and they don't leave the room it's like hey death still found them that was the whole point of, of that scene no like that's the one thing i don't know that's it's oh. it's a one thing that's always comfort comforted me is i no matter what yeah there's a worst case and you know it. well no i mean no matter what no matter what no matter who every single person you will ever meet they're all gonna die every one of them you know what i'm saying like that's to me that's like i get scared about it but then it's like everybody that i can think of right now i right. can start listing names until the end of this episode no matter who i list they ain't gonna live forever right. everybody's gonna die we're all gonna have to experience that <laughs> Albert Einstein, Kanye West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. No, it does not matter. Like, uh, you know, it's one of those, when I was a kid, it was the doors that hit me with a line with Jim Morrison saying, no one here gets out alive. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's true. You know, like not anybody here is going to make it out alive. No matter what we do, that's it. That's our end. That's everybody's end right now. I spoiler alert. <laughs> right. Right. So, well, and it's been like that, you know, like, yeah, if, if I go fail at this, oh, well, you know, like, fuck it, you know, and, right. and that's been a lot of my thoughts on a lot of things like shit in a hundred years and pretty much any of this bullshit that I've done ain't going to matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying about not letting it like letting that fear of death dictate you, because then, uh, yes, Einstein is already dead, <laughs> as is Abe Lincoln. But not Kanye West. But eventually, <laughs> but eventually. Yeah, Kanye, I hope not. I hope but you have something in common with Einstein. You can always tell people that you have something. You have two things in common with Albert Einstein. We all do right now. Okay, one. You came out of a woman. Okay, we all came out of a woman. And two, eventually we'll die, but we all die. You got two things in common. <laughs> But it's like you can let that fear dictate your life, and then now you've just wasted all of this time in your life worrying about dying rather than just going and living. Which, again, I keep bringing it back to Saul, and that was his old fucked up thing is like, well, let me put you in a situation. You know, these are extremes, but like, let me put you in a situation where you're going to leave here appreciating your life, you know, because you're putting in a situation where you are looking death right in the face. And, and that was, you know, it's twisted. It's fucked up. It's flawed. I don't agree with it. Don't start locking people in traps and having them fight for their life just to prove a point. But because uh, that does make you a killer. Um, but <laughs> it does. It, it, you yeah, know, it is an interesting message. Well, for sure. it's, 
this actually syncs up well with some other things that uh, I didn't actually mention, but I think we might have talked about in the past, and I brought up recently to a mutual friend of ours, uh, Humbly G. Uh, but just the idea of fear setting. The thing that uh, Tim Ferriss talks about in Tools for Titans, uh, he says one of the things that helps get him motivated to do things, well, he does it, I think, monthly. He just says, what am I afraid of? Like, what's actually the worst likely thing? Now, not worst possible, because if worst possible is usually death, or you can start imagining saw scenarios, that's not entirely useful. But it's just like, <laughs> no. if I go and try and do this, like, I'll end up without a place to sleep. But I have a dope sleeping bag. So this is the exact example from the book. It's like, I, I like camping and oatmeal. So, like, if I go broke, I can probably maybe not have it the worst. It's, I mean... But the opposite end of that coin is also looking at what you're doing right now and being like, why am I afraid to change this? Is this actually good for me? It's taking a lot of time to self-reflect. That's most of what I think mental health stuff is, is looking inward, trying to figure out like what's not actually helping me move forward. And the thing is, a lot of people get hung up on stuff that they've done in the past. And it's, you have to generally let that go because there's a great book that it mentioned one of the things that is extremely useful is everything you've done has got you to at least here. So you've been successful enough to make it to a point where you're here. From here, now what? And that's where self-reflection comes in because then you can figure out what actually makes you feel good, what actually makes you happy, what is going to serve your kind of long-term the whole idea of self-actualization and like Maslow's hierarchy terms, what's going to take you there? And that's what you're trying to like aim for. Yeah. I believe last week uh, when John was here on the show, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about toxic positivity, but last week we were talking about uh, people um, basically a, a, a different rendition of the toxic positivity conversation where people get too hung up on the positive and don't want to embrace the negative. But the negative is is uh, almost more necessary. You know, the positive is the reward. That's what John was saying. You know? The positive parts of the of your life are the reward for going through the negative. And the negative is where you're going to learn. That's where you're going to move forward. That is where you're going to, you know, uh, thrive and grow is is those those moments well and also there's kind of perspective again because two things that, that made me think of one was zen and the art of motorcycles and i think the opening line is the knife kills but it also creates it's kind of a different way of framing a silver lining like bad things happen but also like every act of destruction is also kind of an act of creation and vice versa so like there's a little bit of destruction in everything we do and sometimes we just kind of have to get over something. Yeah, I actually, uh, I thought of one today along those lines, a little saying, because I was thinking on superhero movies and, and superhero stories in general, and uh, I was actually, I was reading on the Great Lakes Avengers today, and I was reading through Mr. Immortal's like story and stuff, and I'm like, damn, these guys go through it. <laughs> the Great Lakes Avengers are going through some shit. But if it's one thing that is for sure when it comes to superhero stories, it's that the good guys always win, right? But the other thing that's always true is the good guys always win, but the bad guys always come back, you know? There's always going to be another threat. There's always going to be more bad shit thrown at you. So you might succeed, but you also need to prepare that there's still going to be times where you're going to fail, you're going to lose, you're going to, you know, there's going to be those bad guys who pop up in life. 
You know, it ain't going to be a constant because otherwise, what's the point of heroes? If there's, you know. No, nah, but I feel like you could have a positive mindset going through the negatives. You know, you can definitely, there are people that maybe ignore it and stuff like that, but, you know, it's always been about grow through what you go through. And if when you're in a negative situation, you can still, you know, like I said, have that positive look through it, even though you're accepting the negative and you're in it and you're feeling that emotion, but you're still like, okay, I'm learning from this. I'm going to do better. I'm going to change this or whatever. To me, those are positive ways to move through negative situations. Right. Well, I think there's something to be said for, like, I don't think repression emotion is generally a good idea. But in times of crisis, like the uh, pilot who landed that airplane in the Hudson, you know, he was, had to suppress panic to do to kind of derive a situation of how to keep that thing from collapsing. Mm-hmm. And apparently afterwards, he slept for like two or three days. I mean, I know I've had stressful situations like a car engine literally explodes in the highway. And I was super chill during that. But I went home and I was just like I had to de-stress like all the weird like your body freaks out and you have to. Like, oh, no, no, we can't right now. Um, so if you can suppress things, like, they're going to come back out. And it's part of, I think, a lot of, like, what yoga tries to teach people is releasing that, letting it go, finding a place where it's, like, safe to do so. Because if you don't, it, it, it happens without your control. It also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, and then the, I wanted to mention the, uh, we're talking about fear, and I guess, like, a little bit of just not everything being perfect. That also applies to the self. Um, the whole idea of like having a shadow. Um, oh man, there's a psychologist whose name I am blanking, but it'll probably come back in like two seconds. That was one of his big things was just like you're not perfect. You have to understand that you have like drives and needs and wants, and like part of the negotiation of society is like maybe to suppress that a little bit. Um, and it's owning that that's part of you and finding a way to like integrate that. Like, how do you get those desires met in a way that's, like, healthy and, you know, <laughs> uh, doable and, like, not going to harm yourself, others? Like, humanity has a violent, tragic, weird, crazy history that's, like, all a little bit built into us. So it's just, like, understanding that, like, every other, every person, self-included, is, you know, <laughs> I like to think of it as everyone's a loaded gun because they can be, and it's not any fault. It's just what we are <laughs> we are animalistic by nature despite being extremely rational yeah. <laughs> uh something else from last week uh, when you're talking about um uh you know things that like scare you essentially and, and that fear and everything uh john said something last week that kind of stuck with me and i and i had to start asking myself that because he was talking about anxiety people with anxiety you know it's usually just a case of fear so he said where he works, you know, if somebody's feeling anxious about something, they ask, you know, well, what are you, what is it you're afraid of? And uh, honestly, that, I mean, that alone, I started incorporating that into my own life. You know, when I start feeling anxious about something, now I'm stopping and I'm asking myself, what is it that's scaring me right now? You know, should I be scared by this? You know, like uh, I was just telling Easy that like the other day, I had a day where I'm just like, man, I got nothing done or, or I just felt like I was being lazy or whatever. But like by the end of the day, I look back, I'm like, I actually did so much. Like so much. I even had a friend who was like, I, I don't know how you keep all this straight. <laughs> like, I don't know how you do all this. I'm like, I, because it's what I want to do. You know, this is what I want to be doing with my life. And so that kind of helps, you know, but 
uh, I was telling him a lot of that stress is self-made. You know, a lot of that is like me spending the day being like, oh my God, you know, there's so much stuff that needs to be done, but I only did this and this. And it's like, I still got this list of things I haven't gotten done. Like, oh, oh, well, the Chase and Shep merch isn't up yet, you know? So I guess, you know, today was a big old failure because I didn't get that done, you know? But it's like, you can't, you can't judge yourself off of the things, you know, like that you, it's easy to be like, here's what I didn't do. Here's what I did wrong. Like here's, but sometimes you do have to take that step back and be like, no, here's, what you got accomplished today and that's going to make tomorrow so much easier not having all that stuff there and i know that that day was a lot of fear it was uh, all that anxiety i was feeling is a lot of fear for the future it's a lot of looking at our our plate and seeing everything we got coming and and, and the job situation and stuff like that and it's just like man what's going to happen but like you were just saying about the like the sleeping bag thing that was something i'm like okay well what am i afraid of here okay well i'm afraid uh, I'm a, not going to have an income and then I'm going to be broke and then what? And then I had to run myself through that process of what that might look like and the conclusion I came to is that I will be fine. I will be okay. Like no matter what happens, like I'll be alright. It's, you know, like you said, get the sleeping bag, you know, we're going camping. Like I don't think that's what it's going to come down to for me, but it's one of those things that when you look at what truly is the worst case scenario, I do think it helps. Yeah, for sure. Depends on the situation. Right. If you wake up every day and you're like, I'm going to die, that's probably not a good way to live. No. (laughs) That's, uh, yeah, self-talk's actually remarkably important for uh, part of, like, anxiety, fear, PTSD. Some of that leads to changes in the shape and function of the brain. Uh, Just form tends to follow function, and if something gets enlarged because we're used to having, like, a, a really quick, like snappy fear reaction mm-hmm. um, for a really long time, actually up until quite recently, scientists were like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much undoable. But a book by the name of aware by Dr. Dan Siegel is like, this can be reversed undone. It just takes kind of a lot of work, but it's one of his main arguments is that one of the few things humans knowingly actually control is kind of the electrical current that's whipping around here. And there's a lot of things that modify that. Substances you take, uh, alcohol being one of them, psychedelics being another, cannabis, all of that is going to impact how that pathway feels and where it's flowing. But to an alarming degree, we actually have a great deal of control of what's going on here and how we direct that, like how we literally direct that energy and quite literal energy is going to shape the pathways and structures of how we do all of our thinking, behaving, and perceiving. So what you're saying internally and externally to yourself is being reinforced by like layers of fat around the neurons. And what you say to yourself matters over time. It's one of the reasons I've always argued that uh, the military has things like creeds. So that way you maintain your, your arms, your equipment, and yourself. It's more likely to do it if you say it and if you say it out loud and if there's group uh, other people witnessing it because then you feel compelled to do so for social reasons. All of that helps shape who you are and how you act in the world. And it's a thing that a lot of people want to banish into like the frou-frou self-help land, but we've got evidence to say that like this actually does impact gray matter. (laughs) Yeah, I've read 
before like it's the whole like how do you like uh i forget what book it was something on buddhism and it was it was talking about how do you how do you speak to yourself what does your inner monologue sound like it's probably one of those yeah, like, yeah, some uh, but the uh, of physics the tao te ching. <laughs> uh but uh it is you know do you, when you're you know like i was like the example i just gave about the other day you know me being so hard on myself that's something i have to ask myself like how do i speak to myself in those moments am i hard on myself am i like an asshole to to myself about what i do and do not get done or you know do i talk to myself with like kind loving care the answer is no <laughs> i don't I, it's something i need to work on like i've gotten better about it you know i'm not as bad as some people who just like tear themselves apart like you know all, all the time and and just tell themselves that they're worthless and they're this and they're that and it's just i don't you know i don't believe any of that but like uh it, it yeah there's and definitely something to it though i mean it's super part of the whole idea of imposter syndrome is like you're new to a place and you don't feel like you're good enough but it's like hello you're new right the first time you do something if you're good at it you're a freak like that's unusual <laughs> uh, the first time you do something you, you can kind of suck generally unless you just really really like bruce lee in control of your body which like again right. an argument from that book aware is like the more you spend time focusing your attention to integrate your brain to your nervous system and physiology the better the whole package works the brain and the body so there's a little bruce lee even in the psychology which is kind of cool yeah, yeah bruce lee Nah, I uh, I think that plays into a lot though, man. Because even the meme culture these days is it's self-deprecating is a, a big thing, and people like it. And I think that plays into how you view yourself, how you see yourself, and then you mold yourself based upon that. So if you see yourself as the a, a baller, rad ass individual, that's what you're going to become, and that's how other people will start perceiving you as well. Yeah, well, and that's kind of like you know we've sort of been talking a little bit on on the chase and chef situation lately and you know i've kind of i've wanted to approach it with this new mentality of like you know what i don't it's not like a cocky or arrogant like i'm not trying to be like oh we're hot shit like no it's like let me just act like i'm a professional like uh, let me just pretend like you know we are on that level when i'm trying to be on that level you know it, because it comes across more of i'm putting out what it is that i want to be right you know like sort of thing mm -hmm. it's not gonna get there by telling yourself oh well you know you're not <laughs> you're not that person you know you're not gonna be that person oh you gotta be somebody else to, or you have to you know all that shit and it's like it, it, it's a process you know like yeah. i said well, it's, it's crazy it's like it's the whole it is literally the i think the crux of the idea of where like faith comes from is making anything happen in reality is Freaking nuts. It is a miracle that we can communicate to each other, let alone cooperate and get things to happen. Because uh, it's, it, it is, it's fascinating to me that we have a shared language. It's, it's remarkable. Uh, and to make things happen collaboratively is also just a freaking miracle. But it's, it's so, I mean, we've, we've got weird. Like we've got people who've landed rockets simultaneously who are building all sorts of crazy stuff. And it all started as someone was like, that's friggin' impossible because it's right. never been done. And like, well, that's where everything meaningful starts is in that realm of complete BS. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of dope stuff started with people being told they couldn't do it. 
NASA, so, Michael Jordan. Plenty of times. <laughs> I don't know about Michael Jordan, though. I think... Uh, I think first basketball team, or is that... I'm probably just making that up. I, I think they know. knew he was pretty good from the get. Even even Bugs Bunny was dropping disses and Michael <laughs> on that uh, on that track guy remix last night, <laughs> talking about his baseball career. Well, baseball, <laughs> that's different. He's like Jordan at the plate; he's gonna miss every time or something like that. Is the line? <laughs> I was like, that's pretty great. <laughs> I I've always said, man, like uh, with my son, if I would have. All his whole life, like when he was a kid, like starting at like age four, when he got in trouble, been like, go out back and make 15 free throws in a row and come inside. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, you can once you do that and all that kind of stuff. I was like, man, if you did that when a kid was four, I've been like, all right, dude, here's a skateboard. When you can land a kickflip, you can come back inside. Right. And you're going to you're going to have the next fucking Tony Hawk on your hands. You know what I'm saying? If you. Have him go play basketball. You'd have the next LeBron, the next Michael, the next Kobe. You know, you you go make them fucking play Plus guitar. The and they're like, you get I the next Eddie Van Halen. You know. Oh, and that's the, that's that's the shit, man. How many people do you think are really good at like basketball? That's like, man, I hate that I'm this fucking good at basketball. I hate basketball, but I'm I'm baller. Troy Bolton. He just wanted to sing. <laughs> Might as well. Why does what Mel, you know, make those mills? I mean, a lot of super dominant pro athletes right now, the, the Venus, uh, Venus and Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, they started super young. Uh, which right. I think, I mean, tons of time to refine. But there's also, I was going to say, this starts to edge into the conversation of abusive parenthood, right. too. <laughs> well, like child prodigy who was here yeah. piano in the room, is that abusive? Is that like a dope kid? Like, I. Well, I think that's a little different. I think I, maybe maybe not the Williams sisters. I felt like the Williams sisters no, had. Uh, I, same. I, I don't think there's always going to be people who overdo stuff. I yeah. think most. Of the, I don't know well enough. <laughs> I've never met the family. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Will I think that's the movie Will Smith's getting ready to be in, where he's getting ready to play their dad or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, comes out later. HBO Max and IMAX. You know, we're going to be talking about it on old Chasing Show. It's a little, little. little it's maybe cool. maybe you'll be talking about maybe that. I will. Maybe you don't give a uh, shit. <laughs> doesn't sound like one that I'll be dying to, to to pop in. Unfortunately. Could be lit. Who knows? King Richard. Yeah. But uh, it looks like we're getting about that time. So we got any closing thoughts here, boys? Oh, man. I feel like I had something. Then you asked a question. And I was like, and it's gone. So, yeah. I'll just give me a minute. I'll have something. Shit. Don't be too positive. <laughs> Tone that shit down, boys and girls. <laughs> oh, no. Keep that shit to yourself. Uh, there's something Shep said about you know if starting young, sort of, or I think you might have implied. There's definitely tons of grinding does help sharpen skill, but uh, again, that book Drive talks about the idea of mastery. Like a few things are really necessary to like master, and one's the idea. Like the belief internally that you're never going to fully get something perfect because mastery is like an endless pursuit. Uh, number two is good tools, like to measure what you're doing. Like if you're not getting really good feedback about how you're performing, then you're not going to be improving as well as you could be. As that's one of the reasons privilege tends to kind of 
roll and spiral out of control is you get better ways to measure what you're doing, then you perform better, then you measure better, then you perform better, and the advantage just aggregates over time. Uh, but yeah, it's anything that you want to do, like put in the work, but also like measure and make sure that you are actually getting better. So start telling the kids they suck because at four years old, nobody's good at fucking baseball. Nobody's good at basketball. Nobody's good at soccer. So start being like, you suck. You got a lot of work, kid. Yeah. One of my favorite, I think uh, Pete Davidson had this joke not too long ago about the, uh, get it like when he was like in his twenties and people being like, Oh, like the first girl you have sex with or something like talking shit on you. And he's just like, I'm in my twenties. It's like, I'm like an amateur basketball player. Like you got to learn. It's like, you don't just pick up a guitar and you're like, you know, Santana. He's like, you got to practice. It's like, you're the first person I ever did this with. Of course I don't know what I'm doing. Like, of course you can go talk shit, but yeah. It's definitely, you gotta practice, man. Nobody's perfect your first time. <laughs> I always made that argument with buddies, man. You don't want to go see the band that just got on stage for the first time tonight. You want to go see that band that's been on about 15 world tours. Well, even the Beatles, uh, I've read that one of their, before they crossed uh, over into the U.S., they had a crazy schedule of uh, their manager, I think, I heard he made him play like basically anywhere, which led to being in a lot of German strip clubs, just playing because they were like, we'll take like basically free music. And they weren't great at first, but after doing it like a thousand mm -hmm. times, by the time that they hit the US, they were so polished and ready and practiced and like on it and apparently having fun most of the time. So like digging it, all everything you need to kind of <laughs> hit them with perfect timing, you know? The Beatles had that career that everybody wants because they stopped touring before they got like mega star status and was like, nah, <laughs> tour. Nah. We, ain't, we ain't doing no more tours. We're too big. We're too popular to do tours now. So, nah. it's too much driving. <laughs> but I did see Paul McCartney play. So that was a, that was a bucket list one to see because. If it wasn't for the Beatles, I wouldn't be here. That's what my dad told me. So, Remember, kids, if you're not perfect, that's perfectly fine. That's just how it is. You got to grow through what you go through. Right. You made it this far. Right. You've been successful up until this point. No point stopping now. Might as well just keep kicking. Another exciting Mental Health Monday in the books another fantastic guest easy thank you for joining us today we got another fantastic guest next week and the week after that and the week after that you know we're gonna always have our our guests here on mental health mondays except for when we don't peace everybody smooches and deuces